Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. We bring you a 10-minute episode every single week to give you everything you need to optimize your well-being. The show is brought to you by BodyShot Performance. They use technology and science-based solutions to create happy, healthy, and resilient teams. Find out more at bodyshotperformance.com. And now here's your host, Leanne Spencer. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Leanne Spencer. This week's episode is all about wearable technology. It's a really fun one to record. It's uh, it's one I know a lot about. I've been wearing wearable tech for several years now. It's a really exciting, growing space. I think we're going to see some huge advancements in, in wearable technology and kind of at the intersection of wearable technology and biohacking as well. And you probably know the term biohacking, but if you don't, there's lots of different definitions. Here's mine. And it's when we take science, technology and nature and we use it to hack our physiology, to improve our physiology, our physicality, our health. Examples of, of biohacking would be a kind of relatively mainstream example would be blue light blocking glasses. So these are glasses that have a, a tint in them that removes the frequency of light that we call blue light from the sun, but also primarily screens, artificial lights and so on. That is an example of a biohack. A more sophisticated example would be the insertion of a chip under the skin, which gives real-time data on our vitamin D levels, our cholesterol, our iron, and so on. That technology isn't particularly new, and it'll definitely come. Uh, And I would probably be persuaded to put a chip in my body as well that that meant I could just scan it onto an app or a smartphone and get real-time data, because I think that would be incredibly powerful. And I'll do an episode in the, in the coming weeks about testing that I really buy into and I think is really, really valuable. The, the quickest, easiest ways of getting your hands on, on that kind of technology. But this one's all about wearable tech. So there are three bits of kit that I use and endorse from the perspective of recording this podcast, making recommendations, not affiliation. I've got no connection with these three bits of kit. Um, and the first one I want to talk about is the Ura Ring. And the Ura Ring is, as the name suggests, it's a ring that can be worn on any finger of either hand, even the thumb, and it gives you a wealth of information about what's going on with your nervous system, with your sleep. Um, So let me backtrack and explain why I first got into this. I actually came across them when I was researching my first book, Remove the Guesswork, sorry, my second book, Remove the Guesswork, a few years ago. And I really wanted to write about a piece of wearable tech that was innovative, that was relatively groundbreaking, and that had the best integrity of data that you can get with these things. So I found Petri Latella, uh, who is the CEO, well, was the CEO and founder, now is just the founder of Ura Ring. The company's grown massively in the, in the last few years. And I got chatting with him about the ring. And it's an incredible bit of, bit of tech. And essentially what it does is it looks at my sleep. So it looks, goes to a very granular level of detail on my sleep. Deep sleep, REM sleep, total sleep, how long it took me to fall asleep, whether I've had any sleep intrusions, brackets, wake-ups, uh, what my average resting heart rate was across the night, my average HRV across the night as well. So it's really clever stuff. And if you're a person that loves this sort of data and you like to see what the effect on your sleep is of the various things that you're doing during the day, various things that you're trialing and testing and habits you're forming, then it's ideal. If you like to just keep an eye on some of the headlines like I do, again, it's fantastic for that. And it's extremely accurate data. Not 100% accurate, nothing is, but it's very, very accurate as measured against a Stanford sleep lab. So that's the Ura Ring. Um, 
And I will caveat by saying if you are the sort of person who gets a bit caught up in the data or starts to worry if you see something a little bit out of normal or out of whack, maybe wearable tech isn't for you. So that is my one caveat. So I use that for deep sleep and I have a look at total sleep as well. I keep an eye on REM sleep, but they're, they're, they're definitely the three components of sleep that I look at. It then gives you a readiness score as well. So it looks at how ready you are for the day. And that fundamentally is based on your respiratory rate, your body temperature, your resting heart rate, and your heart rate variability. So a little bit on all of those things. Resting heart rate is the number of times your heart beats per minute. The lower the number, typically, the better your health. HRV is heart rate variability. It's literally the interbeat interval, which a healthy heart will have an irregular interbeat interval, but it'll be barely perceptible. And that number is generally the higher, the better, but it's inversely related to resting heart rate. So it would be almost impossible to have high brackets, good HRV and high resting heart rate, because if your nervous system is under enough stress to have a high resting heart rate, it won't be able to maintain a good HRV as well. Respiratory rate is really interesting, you know, how many breaths you take a minute. That can be indicative of not just the, the thing that's around at the moment, coronavirus, but of, of any sort of, any, any sign the body's under stress, the respiratory rate will normally go up. And body temperature, again, it can often predict not only menstrual cycles, which is a, a positive thing to see in most women, but it can also be used to track whether you're coming down with something, because usually your body temperature will rise. So they're the things that I keep an eye on as well, not just the sleep data, but I keep a really close eye on HRV. And I'll have a bit of a glimpse at body temp and, um, and respiratory rate as well, because that could give me a bit of a clue that something, you know, some, some sort of cold or I've picked something up and I may be coming, coming down with something. And that way I can put the brakes on before I get symptoms. So it's really invaluable. So that's what I wear. And I suppose in summary, the Uru Ring is a great piece of kit for, for nervous system regulation for keeping an eye on what's going on under the bonnet, as it were. And there's another couple of things that I use. The Apple Watch. Um, now, I wear this predominantly because we have our insurance policies with Vitality, and they pretty much pay you to wear the watch. Um, but I really like recording my workouts on the Apple Watch, and I will keep an eye on my workouts, so it's a great way to look back across the month and think, have I done more, less, or the same number of workouts as on the previous month? Has the total time spent working out stacked up? Uh, what my heart rate zones for the workouts? What kind of variety of workout have I done? So it's a good, a good bit of data for sort of tracking the activity levels, making sure that I haven't subtly been dropping on my activity levels over the last three months, because that kind of stuff adds up. I look at total caloric burn, although I keep a sort of half an eye on that. Um, and I juxtapose that data with some of the URA data. So number of workouts versus HRV over time. I don't get very caught up in all of that. I will say that. You know, I don't spend hours analysing the data and trying to look for patterns. But they are headline numbers that give me a bit of a steer on, yep, you're doing the same amount of physical output as you have been for the other months. Uh, and sleep is pretty good. You're maintaining the same amount of sleep. You're getting adequate deep sleep. HRV is looking pretty good. HRV, by the way, you won't constantly get a high number because you'll need to be putting the body under stress, under physiological load, in order to get health benefits. But the reality is you're going to have some days where you didn't sleep so good and you worked out harder. Your HRV will be depressed the following day, but it'll bounce back when you get rest and recovery, and so on. So you do expect some of these numbers to be what's called allostatic. In other words, 
it's a good indicator of stability and health that those numbers change. So that's, that's the, the, the position with the Apple Watch. The other device that I put on from time to time is called a First Beat, and it's a device that you wear uh, a couple of nodes, one beneath the left breast, one upon the right collarbone, connected with a little wire, and you wear that for three days, and it tracks your nervous system response to all the events of the day and night, and lets you know, essentially, how much time you spend in the red, sympathetic part of the nervous system, and how much time you spend in the green parasympathetic part of the nervous system. And that gives me a really good clue on whether my body's getting adequate recovery at night and whether I'm getting little slithers of recovery throughout the day. So put together, you get a really good picture of what's going on, like I say, under the body, with the nervous system, whether I'm getting enough recovery, which is always my primary objective, <clears throat> is to get adequate recovery. But also, am I putting the body under enough stress with workouts? And ultimately, am I getting enough, enough balance between the two? And then, of course, you sprinkle on top of that the very important layer of subjective measures, which is how do I feel? Do I have enough energy to get through the day? Is my mood good, positive, optimistic? Have I got the right outlook? And generally, am I happy? And when I put all that together, you know, the subjective measures first, backed up by data, then I'm in a really good place. The data sometimes flags things that are in the pipeline. In other words, I might be coming down with something, but I'm feeling good and positive because those symptoms haven't hit yet. So it's also a good way of looking into the, the future, as it were, the crystal ball, and thinking, what's going on in the next few days? Is my body giving me a sign that I either can't feel or I'm really used to ignoring? So for all those reasons, I'm a huge fan of the tech. So I hope that's been helpful. Share it with anyone who needs to hear it. Let me know as well what kind of wearable tech you use. What do you find helpful? Are you a fan of it? Are you not? I kind of straddle both camps. I do understand when people say they're not necessarily a fan of wearable tech. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay healthy. Have a great week. And I'll talk to you next week. To find out more about what Leanne and the team at Body Shop Performance do for companies, head over to www.bodyshopperformance.com. While you're there, why not take our Wellbeing at Work scorecard and find out how your business measures up in four key areas of well-being. Well-being strategy and aspirations, well-being resources and training, energy and motivation, leadership and values. Thanks for listening and see you next week.